Last week we started uh, just a little two-part series that entitled When You Pray, and we looked at some things last week from the book of Luke, some things that Jesus taught His disciples about prayer. They came to Him and they asked Him to teach Him to pray, and there was association. They, they had finally figured it out that there was an association between His prayer life and miracles. They, they saw that we pray, He'd seek God, he'd, whether it was in the morning, late at night, whenever it was, as He sought God and, uh, you know, came back from prayer. He just miracles were taking place, and so they associated the miracles with his prayer life. And so we began to see from this word how he would teach us some things concerning prayer. And in the what we refer to as the Lord's Prayer, really what we're seeing here is just some some principles that we can apply in prayer. Uh, this is not a prayer that Jesus was intended for people to learn one prayer that covered everything. Amen. It's just there's some principles in this, in this teaching that are important for us. We, we see that we're to hallow and honor the name of God, and we see that we're to seek His will, and we're to desire the things that He desires. And before we do anything else in prayer, I think it's always important before we pray that we always spend time just worshiping God a little bit. Amen. Not just rushing in there and say, okay, Lord, here I am, and I'm going to spend about a minute or two, and I'm going to let you know all of my needs and my desires, and I'm going to rush out. No, no, no. We need to spend some time just honoring the Lord, worshiping Him. And it's just amazing. I tell you what, when you just take your focus off of your problems and begin to focus on God, how things just begin to look a whole lot different, don't they? That's right. Amen. When you just start focusing on Him and you read His Word and you begin to see things that just, maybe things that were cloudy, things that you didn't see clearly, thank God as you just focus on Him uh, that just things just clear up. The light begins to shine and you see things the way that God wants you to see them. And I know you're just like I am. I want to see things the way God sees them. Amen. Do you? I want to see things the way God sees them. I want to understand things the way God understands them so that I can apply His wonderful principles to my life and to see it make a difference. So anyway, so we looked at some things concerning prayer last week. Let's pick up reading here tonight concerning prayer. In John chapter 14, beginning with verse Number 12, we read this, these scriptures last week. Let's read them again tonight. It says this, Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these uh, he will do because I go to my Father. Then verse 13 says this, And whatever you ask in my name, that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Verse 14, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. That's the, that's the word of God, isn't it? That's the word of God. That's not the word of, of, of a man. That's Jesus speaking to his disciples. And he says, listen, you know, God wants to be involved in your life. He desires to show himself strong, but you've got to ask him. He just doesn't just come rushing into your life because you have a need and start meeting all the needs. The scripture says here that when we ask him, he said, listen, if you'll ask, once again, ask the Father in my name, he said, I'm, I'll do it for you. You know, we know this from scripture that you have not, the Bible says, because you ask not. You know, when you want God work, to work in your life and I want God to work in my life, uh, we need to ask him. Amen. And if we, if we hadn't asked him, he's not working. Amen. Now, I know that seems kind of hard. Well, how could a loving, wonderful God sees everything, wants to meet people's needs? You know, how, 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 how can you say that? Because his word says, amen, you've got to ask him. He said, I want you to ask me that the Father would be glorified, honored. 
in your life. And I know that you, just like I, I want God glorified in my life. Amen. I want Him honored. I want Him lifted up. I, you know, I just, I want Him to get all the praise for my life. Amen. Right. I mean, we listen, we, if we're all per- perfectly honest, there's not one of us that could get out of bed normally every day without the Lord's help. Amen. We totally depend on Him. That's why he wants us to ask him. Asking releases faith. It lets us know that we're trusting in him to do the work. Amen. Now listen to these words. This is in John 15, 7. John 15, 7 says this. If you abide in me and my words abide or live or dwell in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. So once again, we have something else he says here, very similar to what he said up in, in that 14th um, uh, chapter, but he says this, if you abide in me and my what? In my words, my words live, dwell, abide in you. He said, you will ask what you desire. And I tell you, when the words abiding in you and when the words abiding in me, the things that we ask of God will be in line with his will. Amen. They're going to be in line with his will. When the words abiding in you, I'm going to say this many times during this lesson tonight, But folks, the Word of God is life, health, strength, guidance. It's everything that we need in life. Amen. The Word. And you probably heard that before. And if you've been to this church for any length of time, you've heard me say it, you know. But the Word, the Bible says man shall not live by, what, bread alone, but by every word that comes out of God's mouth. Every single word. That's why it's so important for us to know the word and for us to have an effective, powerful prayer life and, and to see God do the things he desires to do in our life. We need to know his word, but not just know it from a head knowledge standpoint. It needs to be abiding in us, doesn't it? It needs to be living in us. It needs to be just be a part of our being. I heard Brother John Osteen say many years ago, he said, you know, when you, when you squeeze a believer that what ought to come out of him is the word of God. Amen. When you just, when you, I mean, when you just squeeze him, when he, when, when pressure comes, the word comes out. Now, I, I'm not completely there yet because I know sometime when I get squeezed, how about you? I still get squeezed sometime and, you know, I, 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 I thank God he's not done with me yet. Amen. I'm still on the wheel and see, he's still working. But I'm thankful that his desire is for us to get to a place that we just absolutely trust him completely. And no matter what we're facing, no matter how challenging things are, we'll just be able to say, it's written. It's written. This is what the word says. It says, once again, he said, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, ask what you desire. Amen. I mentioned to you last week, I just, just want to share it again. I was thinking about it again this afternoon. You know, I, I, I just desire, and I, and I think it's a godly desire. It's, it's my desire to pastor a dynamic, powerful, influencing church in Dothan, Alabama. Amen. And I believe that's in line with the will of God. Now, I can't find anywhere in the Word where it says, okay, Bobby, I want you to pastor a dynamic, powerful church in Dothan, Alabama. But the principle is there. The desire that God has for his church to be a powerful, influencing, amen, body of believers in a city. And so it's my desire for that. And, I'm thank, and I thank God that he's, he's bringing that to pass in my life. But he's not just bringing it to pass in my life. He's, he's helping us all as a church see the things that we desire. They're in line with his will, which is his word. We can ask those things and they're going to come to pass. Glory to God. Now, John 16, 23. John 16, 23 and 24. And in that day, you will ask me nothing. 
Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, what will he do? He said, he will give, you know, what he's talking about in the day when he's gone, when he's left, there's, Jesus is telling them now there's going to be a, a new way to pray. And the new way to pray is to approach the Father, how? In the name of Jesus. In the name. That's what he said here. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now, you've asked nothing in my name. But listen to these words. Ask, and you will receive that your joy may be full. God wants us full of joy, my friend. Amen. Aren't you thankful for that? You say, well, I just, you know, I don't know if that's really possible. Is that possible for us to just be full of joy all the time? And the answer is yes, because the word says, so you want ask, ask what? Ask and you will receive that your, your joy will be full. The, I love what he said here. We've got to go back and look at this. Ask and you will receive. You'll, you'll welcome. You'll lay hold of it. And we're going to see here a little later that you lay hold of it when you pray, not when you see it happen. Right. Amen. You lay hold of it when you pray. And I tell you what, you get happy about it before you ever see anything manifested. Amen. You go, that's it. I've, I've got my answer. The Word says it. But now in each one of these scriptures we read, each scripture, uh, each verse that we read says something about asking. All the verses. John 14, 12 to 14. John 15, uh, verse 7. And then the scripture we just read there in John 16. Each, in each one of those verses, we, we read these words, ask. Somebody asking. Somebody, make, make your request known. Re make your desire known. One, one way to translate that word ask is, is require. Every one of those verses. There's a, there's a um, and I've heard this a number of times over the years, and I want to put the quote up for you. It's a quote by uh, John Wesley. It says this, John Wesley. There, there it is. Listen to this. It seems that God is limited by what? By our prayer life. That he can do nothing for humanity. Now that just goes against <laughs> right there a lot of people that today are very strong and saying, you know, God's will is always done. God's a sovereign God. And he is sovereign. That, you know, you, his, his, his will is going to be done no matter what. Not true. Because, you know, John Wesley said this. And John Wesley, you know, spoke these words. What, it was in the 1700s, I guess. I'm not sure. I think it was the 1700s. He said, it seemed that God can do nothing for humanity unless what? Someone asking. Someone puts a, a demand, if you will. Someone looks at that word and says, now, Lord, this is what you said in your word. And so I'm going to stick, I'm going to stay on this. And I wonder how many people go, go through life frustrated and, and uh, just beat up and they're just thinking, why isn't this working for me? What's, what's going on here? You know, what's happening? Well, we, we read in the word here and other places, he wants you to ask. He wants you to ask in faith. Amen. And when you know what the Word says, you can ask in faith. When you know what He's already spoken to you, the promise He's already told you, the promises He's already told me, we, we can ask in faith and we can see God do things in our lives. Amen. You know, right now, our nation, does our nation need prayer right now? Oh my goodness, we need prayer in the nation. And I'm not talking about praying for Republicans or praying for Democrats or praying for this one. Our nation needs prayer right now. We need, 
men and women that will rise up and be the leaders that, that, that we need. Amen. And we need to be praying for our leaders right now. That's what the scripture says. Whether you agree with them politically or not, it says pray for the leadership. Amen. It's important. But I mean, how many times we get frustrated and people shake their fist at God, whether it's concerning something in their life or something else, and they go, God, why aren't you doing anything? God's going, I'm waiting for you. What are you waiting for? Father, I'm waiting for you to come and ask me. I'm waiting for you to come and release your faith, whether it's for your family, whether it's for your job, whatever. It's, it doesn't matter what it's, I'm waiting for you to come and to ask me and to ask me in a place of faith. Glory to God. And to have confidence when you ask. You know, look to, um, you know, look to 1 John chapter 5 for just a moment. 1 John chapter 5. Effective praying. Anybody want to pray effectively? Amen. You want your prayers to be, that you, your prayers, that, and when you pray, when you pray in line with the word, you, you want to see God do things in your life. See, see God honor the things that you're believing him for. And he wants to do it. He desires to do it. I want my prayers to be effective. Anybody want your prayers to be effective? We don't want to just offer a bunch of prayer. Oh, Lord, now you know it's needed, so, you know, work. Well, you know, we need, to, we need to be specific, and we're going to talk about that here in a little bit. We need to be specific when you pray, when you lift up your request, when you make your request known to God. Be specific when you pray, but also to be confident when you pray. You know, I, I, did, I tell you what, in, in life, I think all of us at times, I know I have, and Maybe you can identify a time in your life as well, too, where, where you've lost your confidence, maybe. I know I played sports. I've shared this with you all before, but I played sports for a number of years. And as I got older and playing sports, I began to realize how important confidence is when you play. Amen. You need to, you need to play with a confidence that, you know, you can, get the, you can get the job done. You can do it. And when, uh, you know, they'll talk a lot of time now, and of course it's become very popular now with professional athletes that they have. I mean, professional athletes have a team of people. <laughs> and the part of that team is the you know, physical side of it, you know, the training side of it, the swing side if you play golf or football. But there's also now so many professional athletes have mental trainers. What do you think they're there for? To help them battle What? Thoughts that they can't do it. Or thoughts that, hey, I, I, I used to be able to do this, but I can't, and I don't know why. Confidence issues. And when we talk about confidence, we're not talking about being arrogant. We're not talking about being brash. We're talking about just being confident, knowing some things. And in prayer, I'm thankful because the Word says it. When we go to God in prayer, we, go, we can go boldly, the Bible says, before the throne of grace. Go how? Boldly. No, we don't sneak in. We don't, you know, oh, Lord, it's just little old me. I'm here just to kind of get a little bit of piddlings left over. If you got any left over, just the crumbs, you know. No, the Bible says come boldly before the throne of grace. And what happens when you do that? There's mercy there. Oh, aren't you thankful for God's mercy? But there's also grace, God's ability to help in time of need. But it says come boldly. Now, in 1 John, chapter, um, 1 John chapter 5, verse 12 says this, He who has the Son has life. Anybody have the Son of God living in you tonight? Amen. Amen. Then it says this, He who has the Son has life, has the life of God. That word life is the word zoe. It means the God kind of life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. That's pretty plain, isn't it? Either you have life, the God kind of life, or you don't have it. 
And the determining factor is that, do you have Jesus? Do you know him as your Lord and Savior? If you have the Son, you have life. If you don't have the Son, you don't have God's life in you. Then it says this in verse, four, uh, verse 13. These things I've written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. Isn't it good you can know that you have eternal life? I mean, there's people that teach, and maybe you've heard this before, that you really just don't know until the very end, and you just kind of hope you make it. Whew, I don't want that. Hey, aren't you thankful that you can know by this verse and other verses of Scripture that when you have Jesus in your life, you can know that you have eternal life. You have it right now. You're a possessor of eternal life on the inside of you. Then it says this, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to do what? To believe in the name of the Son of God. Verse 14, now this is the confidence. That word confidence just means boldness. It means an outspokenness. Uh, it means a cheerful courage. So this is the confidence, the boldness, the cheerful courage that you have in yourself. No. <laughs> courage you have what? In him. Not in me. My boldness is not in me. My courage and my cheerful courage and my outspokenness is not in me. It's in him. So when I come before the Father in the name of Jesus, I'm coming in Him. That's why my boldness, as I said, is not in who I am or what I think I know or, you know, all the things that maybe I've seen God do. My boldness is because I'm in Him. That's what it says here in the Scripture. This is the confidence that we have in Him. Do you have confidence in Him tonight? You know, the Bible says this, that God that we serve cannot fail. Isn't that good news? The God that we serve cannot lie. That's good news, isn't it? The God that we serve is watching over His Word to perform it and see that it comes to pass. Isn't that good news? And we can just go right down the line and just see the things that we have in Him and the confidence that we have as a result of knowing Him. If we ask anything according to His will, He what? He hears us. Anything according to his will. Now, we'll see this a little bit later, but his will is his word. The word of God is the will of God, and the will of God is made known through the word of God. And I think it was F.F. F. Bosworth that said this, Faith begins where the will of God is known. Faith begins where? When you cry and plead and beg God and just, Lord, help me, help me. And listen, we've all prayed those help me prayers. And aren't you thankful for the grace and mercy of God? <laughs> he just helps you and rushes in. But, you know, we need to move beyond that, don't we? And he said, listen, he's, once again, he said this. This is the comfort we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will. And I love this. I know this seems so simple, but yet it's, it's so powerful. He, what? He hears us. That's amazing to me. It's just amazing to think that. God that spoke all this into existence and does the things he does so well and so perfectly that when I pray, when you pray, he hear, my fa I'm praying to my Father and my Father hears me. Whew, that's good news just right there, just knowing that when I pray in line with his will, which is his word, he hears me. Then it says this in verse 15, and if we know that he hears us, whatever we, ah, here we go, asking again. <laughs> And whatever we what? Ask. 
Do you, do you think now we've seen in four verses, four different verses of Scripture, and it's other places as well too, do you think it's important that God wants us to ask? Absolutely, we're to ask. The things that we desire when we pray, we're to ask Him and believe we receive them. We'll look at that here in just a moment. So it says that once again, He hears us in whatever we ask. We know that we have. We know that we have. Not that we're going to have. Not that we might have someday. We know that we have now what? The petitions are the request that we've what? Ask of Him. We know it. How do we know it, Pastor? How, how is it we know? We have a promise, don't we? We have a promise that what He's let God be true and whatever man a liar. Let God, let God's word be the final. God's word is true about everything, about your family, about your finances, your job, your kids, everything that concerns you. Isn't it good to know that God's will towards you is revealed in his word? And we can have such confidence when we pray and that when we come before him, we can know when we make the petitions known to him that we have these things when we ask them. And we'll see that here in just a moment. Now, there's some things to notice about this. And I mentioned some of these, but let's go back over them just real quickly. Things to notice when you pray, have confidence in him. Have confidence in him. Have a, have a boldness. Amen. And there again, as I said, it doesn't mean arrogant. You're not just... Lord, I deserve it. Folks, we, if, we, if we all got what we deserve, we'd all end up in hell, wouldn't we? Amen. You know, I, I deserve this. I deserve. No, 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 no. It's the goodness of God that's been revealed and being revealed in our lives that helps us see him for who he is and to experience the things he has for us. So we have confidence in him. Once again, we're to ask. With his word abiding in you, you can ask him, and it says, once again, John 15, 7, other places. If he abides in uh, you and his word abides in you, ask what you will, and it shall be done. So we're to ask. Number three, we're to ask according to his will. His word is his will, and his will is revealed in his word. When people say, well, I just wonder what the will of God is. I wonder what it is in this matter. What do you, what do, you do? You go to the word, don't you? You find a promise. We'll talk about that here in just a moment. So according to his will, he hears us. The Father hears us. And then we know that we have the request that we've asked of him. Now, I want to spend the balance of our time tonight, which is just about 20 minutes, just going over some things that may seem to be very basic, things that I'm sure most of us have heard before, but we're just going to go back over them again. Would that be okay tonight? And just don't let the simplicity of this go, okay, I've heard all this before. That seems so simple. You know, the Bible talks about the simplicity that's in Christ. And so we're, to, we're here to learn some things tonight that will help our prayer life to be more effective and more powerful than it's ever been before. Amen? And so what are some things, what are some keys that we need to, to know concerning having an effective, powerful prayer life? Number one, it's very, very simple, but yet needs to be said. We need to decide... What we need from God. What is it you need from God? What do you need from God? And then, listen, find scriptures that promise the answer that you need. What is it you need? Well, Pastor, I, I, I just a job. I, I just my job is not working out so good right now, and you know, I just I, I need a new job. What do you do? To do? Ask the Lord. I said, I just, I'm, I appreciate my job I have right now. I'm thankful for it, but Lord, I just 
sense that there's, there's something out that you want me to walk into, a, a new job. Amen. What is it you desire? And then find promises. Find a promise or promises that God's speaking to you, whether it's strength for your life. Anybody ever prayed that or quoted that verse of Scripture there in Philippians? My God shall supply all your need. How does he do it? According to riches and glory. You can do all things through Christ. Lord, I need your strength. I need strength in my life. Lord, how, how do I get strength? Well, know what, know what Philippians says. I can do. How many things can you do as a result of being in Christ? All things. You can do all things in Christ. Who gives you the strength? How about wisdom? Anybody ever needed wisdom before? I desire, Lord, I desire wisdom. That's one of the prayers I pray a lot. <laughs> a whole lot. Is Lord, I need your wisdom. And aren't you thankful the scripture says if you lack wisdom, go on Google, go Facebook. Ask everybody you know and they'll tell you. And you'll get a lot of responses, right? But the first place you need to go is the book, amen? What does the book say? What is it I can find? What promise can I find in the word concerning wisdom? And if you lack wisdom, ask of God and he gives it to you what? Liberally, freely, and he won't hold anything back. So you, you find these promises. You decide what you need, and then you find the promise in God's Word. I remember many years ago now, but goodness, almost, well, 30-plus years ago, and began to hear some of these things taught, and it was just so, it's like, yeah, that's pretty simple. But yet, you know, just because you hear something and it looks simple, you know, doesn't mean it's working in your life if you're not doing it. And it's just so simple. Lord, I, I'm asking you now. I have a desire to see this take place in my life. Amen. What am I to do? I'm to ask, but I'm also to find a promise. A promise I found many, many years ago in the Scripture was that God's will is for household salvation. You believe God wants everybody in your household saved? Absolutely. And I found in, you know, in the book of uh, Acts 16.31 that, that ha household of that jailer there in, in Philippi, everybody was saved. So, Lord, I claim I claim by faith salvation. This is before my children were even born. For my, my children that are born, I claim salvation right now in Jesus' name. Amen. You say, okay, Pastor, what about if I've got a child that's not walking with God right now? What do I do? Well, aren't you thankful you have authority as a parent? You can't make them make decisions, but you can stand your ground and say, listen, Lord, I, I claimed their salvation many years ago. And I break the power of the devil over their life right now. And I claim by faith their complete salvation and restoration back into the family of God. Right. And what do you do? You got it. You thank God for it. You know, there's a verses, verses of Scripture in Romans that speak to this. Romans chapter 4. Look at Romans chapter 4 for just a second. Romans chapter 4, verses 18 through 21. Speaking about Abraham, who contrary to hope, when there was no reason for him to hope, this Bible says this, in hope and in expectation, he believed. So that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken to him from God. So shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Verse 20, he did not waver at what? At the promise of God. Everybody say promise of God. Did not waver at the promise of God. All of his promises are yes and amen. 2 Corinthians 1 and 20. All of his promises are yes and 
Amen. What does that mean? Yes, and so be it. Let it be done in my life, Lord. And so here he comes once again and says this, not being weak in faith, then consider his own body. If he had considered his own body, what would have happened? Never would have seen it take place, would he? He looked at himself and went, oh, my goodness. Looked at Sarah and went, oh, my goodness. We're in trouble here. But he didn't do that, did he? Didn't consider it. Didn't make that his focal point. Says this, though, he did look at something. He looked at the promise of God. He didn't waver at the promise of God through what? Through unbelief. But he was strengthened. What was he strengthened in? He was strengthened in faith. And he did something else. It says this, and he was giving glory to God. And then verse 21 says, and being what? Fully convinced. I think that the King James said fully persuaded. New King James says he was fully, what was he fully? He was fully convinced that what he, God, had promised, he, God, was able to perform. Amen. He had a promise, didn't he? He had a promise from God and he held on to it. And think about this, guys. He didn't have a word he could turn to, Scripture, but he had a word from God, didn't he? God had spoken to him. He said, you're going to, your, your seed, I'm going to bless your seed and all those that believe in you and your seed are going to be blessed. And talked about how he was going to, just through Abraham, the promises of God and, and God having a descendant, a lineage coming through Abraham was worked out in the earth. And we're a part, we're, we're a part of Christ. We're heirs of God, joint heirs of Christ. And Abraham was the one that got all this started. Because he believed God. Everybody say he believed God. He believed God. And he didn't waver at the promises of God. And folks, that can be a challenge sometime. I'm not going to sit up here and tell you, and you know this, that it's not going to be a challenge sometime. When, the, when you have a promise from God and, you, and the devil comes, but yet it's not coming to pass yet. And he's, he's knocking on you and he's going, it's not changing yet. It's not changing yet. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? You have a promise from God. You have a, Lord, Lord, you promised me. I love verse of scripture in the book of Acts. It says, you know, there in Acts 27, Paul is on his way to Rome and there's a great hurricane that comes up. And I mean, it's just, the storm is it just about got them. I mean, they've, they've unloaded the cargo and they've done all kinds of different things. And Paul finally stands up. He said, y'all should have listened to me. I love that. Y'all should have. He said, y'all, you know that. He was from South. No, anyway. Um, he said, you should have listened to me. He said, I, but this night an angel stood by me. He said, this, the God of who I am, whose I am and whom I serve spoke something to me. He said, listen, it's all going to be okay. He said, it's going to be fine. And then he says this, and listen, the storm is still going. The winds are still howling. The rain's still coming down. He said this, and I believe, God, that it shall be just like it was spoken to me. Storm went on, but he believed at that point, told him, made this bold confession. Listen, everybody's going to be okay. And folks, isn't that good to know that we can have that same confidence when we pray? Have this knowing because we have a promise from God? Listen, it's going to be okay. God said it was, and he's watching over his word to perform it. Glory to God. So ask God for what you need. Stand your ground. Stand it in faith. The challenges come to all of us. And most of the time, it's the, the mental challenge, the thoughts that come to us that just come sometimes just bombard us. And we're going to look at some things actually Sunday morning that will address that. But listen, we've got it. We need to stand our ground. Hold fast, the Scripture says, to what? To your profession of hope and faith. Hold fast to it. So ask God for what you need. Stand your ground. Then also this, when you pray, believe that you receive it when you pray. 
I remember many years ago, and you can turn to Mark chapter 11. I remember many years ago, I, I heard a man by the name of Kenneth E. Hagan teach on Mark 11, 23 and 24. And, you know, I started listening to him and it just, it just amazed me because of, of the simplicity of this teaching. It was just in line, in line with the Word of God. It was just the Word. It was just the Word. It wasn't traditions of men. It was just the Word. I mean, and I, my heart just, man, I just, I went, yeah, this is what I need. You know, and people today do not need philosophy. They don't need intellectual preaching. They need the Word of God preached and declared in love but in boldness. If you'll act on this Word, you can see things change in your life. And so Jesus said this, For surely I say to you, whatsoever you, uh, whoever says to the mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says will, will be done, he will have whatever he says. Now, is that true or not? Is it true or not? If John 3.16 is true, then Mark 11.23 is true. All of, he says this, whoever says to the mountain, boy, you're a big mountain. No. <laughs> Whoever says to the mountain, what does the mountain represent, guys? Just an obstacle. Hindrances, things that are trying to prevent you from getting where God wants you to go. And many times people aren't seeing mountains removed because they're building mountains. Amen. But he said, listen, says to the mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, and does not doubt, where doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he'll have whatever he says. And then it says this in verse 13, therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask, here we see that word ask again, when you pray, what does it say there, guys? Believe that you Receive them and you will have them. One translation says like this, verse 24. This is the reason I urge you to be bold, to boldly believe for whatever you ask for in prayer. Believe that you have received it and it will be yours. So when you pray, what do you pray in confidence? Find a promise from the word, declare it, hold on to it. Then when you pray, believe that you what? You receive, you already have. Believing is receiving. So many times when we pray about things and we say yes to it, we say amen to it, we don't automatically see the answer as far as the manifestation right away, do we? You're praying for your healing. You're praying for a job. You're praying for your kids. You're praying for whatever it might be. You don't always see the manifestation right away, do you? Sometimes you might, but most of the time there's a, there's a period of time. But you have it when you pray. You wouldn't need faith. You wouldn't need to believe God if, you know, if, if you had it not now. Lord, I'm believing you, but you already had it. There'd be no need to have faith, would there be? You wouldn't need faith then. You need faith. You need to have confidence in God's Word and believe you receive it before you ever have it. See, there's, there's two realms you've got to think about. There's a sense realm, which is the realm we live in, the seeing, the touching, the feeling realm. And so many Christians live in that realm all the time. They live by what they see, by what they feel. Amen. But there's another, there's a realm that's called the, the realm of God's spirit, the realm where God lives in this realm. You can't see it, but that's the realm that we're living in. Amen. And when we have this wonderful truth revealed to us, it says, listen, the things I desire, when I pray, I believe I receive it. So when do I have it? I have it when I pray. 
I have it right now. I have my answer. I'm not, I'm not trying to see, wait, see what God's going to do. I have it right now. Amen. So when you ask for wisdom, when do you believe you have wisdom? When you ask him for it, you believe you receive it. Strength, joy, whatever it might be, answers to questions you have. When do you, when do you believe you have it right now? Amen. And I thank God for it. I'm thanking God for it right now just, just as much as I, if I had it in my hands, I'm thanking him for it. Amen. I'm giving him praise and glory and honor. Lord, you've said it in your word. And so I believe I have it right now. I'm persuaded that your promise to me is yes and amen, and I have it right now. Folks, I can't tell you how many times that I have, and I'm sure you maybe have the same testimony, how many times I have I prayed this prayer and I've stood on the word of God and said, Lord, I believe I have it right now. I believe I have your wisdom. When? Right now. I believe I have strength right now. I believe I'm healed. When? Right now. I prayed. Let God be true. Never man a lie. His word is true. You know, we don't deny things that exist. Please don't think I'm trying to say that that doesn't exist, that doesn't exist. There's no faith in denial. Faith just chooses to believe that God's word is the final authority in your life. Amen. So you, when you pray, you believe, you receive it. Glory to God. And you have it. Amen. And they say, well, what do you do then? You got, you got to keep your thoughts. You got to keep your, your, your attention, your focus. We're on God. Isaiah said this, I will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is what? Who stayed on us, whose mind. What you think about, what we meditate on is of the utmost importance in prayer after we've prayed. Amen? Listen to this. This, and this is the final verses we'll look at tonight. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 9. Keep your thoughts on him. Stand against doubt. Stand against unbelief. Stand against, you know, the, even the, what, what people say. You know, this can't be done. It'll never happen. Well, listen, I tell you what, I'm, this is what I'm believing for. You know, a lot of time it's just really best to keep what you're believing God for to yourself. <laughs> Isn't it? I think it is. Sometimes you start sharing with too many people, they'll go, I don't know about that. That's not what I believe. Well, you know, I'm believing in line with the Word. If I'm not believing right, you know what? I believe God's big enough to help me see what's right. Amen. I believe He's big enough to help me see what I'm not seeing. But until I see something different, I'm taking Him at His Word. And I'm going to keep my mind stayed on Him. Is it possible to do that, church family? Is that just something some of us can do, some of us can't, some of us are mentally stronger than others, so some just can't do that? No, if God asks you to do something, He gives you the strength and grace to do it. He never asks you to do anything that He wouldn't grace you and equip you to do. Listen to this, and we'll stop here. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 9. Be anxious for what? For nothing. Now, does that mean what it says? Be anxious for Nothing. What does that mean? Be anxious for nothing. Fretful, worried, uptight. Now, that doesn't mean the thoughts don't come. That doesn't mean you're, you don't have the thoughts to worry and to be fretful and anxious. But it just says right here, be anxious for nothing. It tells us how not to be. But in everything by, by what? By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. And then verse 7, I tell you what, to me, oh my goodness, see, 
These verses right here are some of the most powerful in the Scripture, to, to me personally. Verse 7. And, and what? The peace of God. Everybody say the peace of God. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding will do what? It will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Oh, glory to God. Is there anything as good as the love of God or the peace of God? I mean, there, I mean, yeah, there, I mean, we could talk about it, but to the love of God and then the peace of God. My, when you have peace, you just know that you know that you know in your heart. And it's guarding your heart. What else is it guarding? Guarding your heart, but it's also guarding what? Your, your mind. It's garrisoning over your heart. His peace is also guarding your mind, your thoughts. And it says this in verse 8. I love this. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever uh, things are lovely, whatever things are of a, a good report. If there's any virtue and if there's any praiseworthy, the, the King James says, I think, think on these things. Doesn't it? The New King James says, and I love this, it says, meditate on these things. What does meditate mean? It means to think about, it means to mutter, to contemplate. Kind of speak to yourself. And the scripture tells us, in, you know, Joshua, uh, I think it's Joshua chapter, is it verse, Joshua 1 8. The book of the law shall not depart out of his, your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do all that's written therein. Then you'll make your way prosperous, then you'll have good success. Meditate, think on the word. Remember, years ago, I read a book by Dennis Burke on the importance of meditating on the Word, and I begin to practice some things, and still practice it to this day, just thinking about muttering the Word, thinking about it. When a thought comes to my mind that I know is trying to rob me of my peace and my joy, I think, mm-mm, no. What, what, what does the Word say? I'm going to think about what's right and what's good. This can be a challenge, though, can it? Not easy. I'm not sitting up here and telling you, all oh, this is easy, and just, you know, Satan won't come against you and try to rob you of your peace and your joy and your strength. He will. He's the God of this world. But aren't you thankful that greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world? A greater one lives on the inside of you. So it says, once again, the things that are right and good, have a good report, any virtue, any praise, meditate on these things. Then verse 9 says this, the things which you've learned and received and heard and seen in me, these do and the God of peace will be with you. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, let your requests what? Be made known to God. Let it, let it, God hear our request, church family. Find that promise from God's word you're standing on for whatever it is in your life you, you need. Be bold about your asking. Believe you, receive, you have it right now. And then what do you do then? Meditate on the promises. But listen, thank God that he's working. Even when, you're, even when you don't know how it's going to happen, what's he doing? He's working. He's doing it. What's the song we sing, I think, says he's, he never stops. It wasn't the song, isn't that one of the songs we sing? Is it the Waymaker Day? When is it? One of the things. Like, he never. Come on, everybody say, he never. <laughs> he never stops working. He never stops working. We're sleeping. We're resting. And what? He's working. Amen. But if you're working and you're fretting, guess what? 
He's not, he doesn't have it, does he? And sometimes you've got to remind yourself, Lord, I gave that to you. <laughs> he doesn't need to remember it, but you need to remind yourself, Lord, Lord, I gave that to you. I'm reminding myself I gave that word to you. So thank you. You're working for me.